Well, again, welcome. Good morning. Welcome to New Hope Chapel Sunday morning worship service. At this service, I am, again, welcoming those that are online. Uh, I'm looking forward, as we all are, to seeing those that are online, but we understand things have to be taken slowly and deliberately, and we all have different circumstances. But we do miss you. We'd like to see you back among the crowd here. But I'm grateful and very pleased to see the turnout here this morning. The title of my sermon this morning is simply Faithfulness. My text is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. Pray with me as I generally do through Psalm 1914. And so, dear Lord, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen? You know, there are over 200 geysers in the Yellowstone National Park, but there is one geyser that stands out over all the others. It's not the largest geyser, nor does it reach the highest height. Yet it is by far the most popular geyser. Its popularity is due to one thing, its dependability. Because once every 65 minutes, it shoots a stream of boiling water 170 feet into the air. You can practically set your clock by it. And they call it, some of you know, Old Faithful. You know, there are many things in life that you could call faithful. The sun rises every morning and the sun sets every night. The tide is faithful. It comes in and it goes out. The government is faithful to tax and spend. And then tax and spend some more. But there is one thing that is more faithful than any of these or or all others put together, and that is God. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23 says, through the, through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, each and every day, we as Christians experience the faithfulness of God when we are touched by sin. God is faithful to keep us in his family. 1 Corinthians 1, 8, 9 says that God will confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And when we are tempted to sin, God is faithful to provide a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 states, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. When we get tangled in sin, God is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, Revelation 19.11 describes the second coming of Jesus Christ. And here's what we read. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful 
and true. Wise King Solomon asked a great question in Proverbs 20, verse 6. It states, Most men will proclaim each his goodness, but who can find a faithful man? You know, God is looking for faithful men and faithful women. And we are told in the book of Galatians that a fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. And to understand what faithfulness is, to understand what faithfulness does, Jesus told a parable to illustrate the fruit of faithfulness. And it's found in our text, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. And we call it the parable of the talents. And it tells us three great truths about God and, it, and about his desire, even his demand for faithfulness. First truth, consider that faithfulness tells us how God regards responsibility. Faithfulness tells us something that God desires and something that God admires, but it also tells us something that God requires. Matthew 25, 14 to 15 states, For the kingdom of man is like a man, kingdom of, of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and another one to each according to his ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Now here talents refer to a measure of money. A talent was equivalent to about 6,000 denarii, and one denarius was equal to one day's wage for the common laborer. So this certainly does deal with money management, but it deals with more than just money management. You see, these talents represent areas of responsibility. In the parable, the master represents God, the servants represent us. You notice that the talents were entrusted from the master to the servants. You see, we are owners of nothing. We are stewards of everything. And these talents represent responsibility. Responsibilities is our response to God's ability to use what has been given us for his glory. By the very fact that God has given to each one of us talents and each one of us abilities automatically clues us into the fact that God requires faithfulness. So let me give you my definition of faithfulness. Faithfulness is simply doing your duty for God's glory until your duty is done. Do your duty in all things. You cannot do more. You should never wish to do less. Or to put it another way, faithfulness is simply taking every opportunity to use every ability for the glory of God. Now you notice in verse 15, that tells us that each man was giving, given talents according to his ability. Now notice that everyone was given at least one talent. That tells us that every servant was also a steward. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. We are all stewards. And we are all to be faithful in our stewardship. As stewardship simply means management. And I want to repeat again, we are owners of nothing. We are managers 
of everything. Not everyone is born with equal ability, but everyone is born with an equal responsibility to take every opportunity to use the ability you have for the glory of God. That's why I say that the greatest ability, asset, is dependability. For dependability is simply taking every opportunity to use your other abilities for the glory and honor of God. That means that being faithful is simply giving 100% of your effort 100% of the time. You know, we live in a society where our young people are getting more and more to understand to just get by. May I tell you something? Even 99.9% is not good enough if it does not represent your best. The only good enough that is good enough for God is your absolute best. And anything else is being unfaithful. And I want you to keep all of that in mind when you think about the word responsibility. Because God regards responsibility as a serious matter. And he expects faithfulness in carrying out the responsibilities we have all been given. Second truth. Consider that faithfulness tells us how God requires accountability. Our text, verses 16 to 19, states, Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money after a long time. The Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The master in the parable returns. And we're told in verse 19 simply that he settled accounts with them. Now to settle an account simply means to call for an accounting. That is, he is looking for accountability. You see, what you have, God gives you. What God gives you, you are to use. You are accountable to use what God gives you for his glory and his pleasure. God has invested talents in us. God has arranged works for us, and God requires a return on his investment. Do you realize that practically every area of our lives involves the opportunity to take responsibility to be faithful in using our ability for the glory of God. Well, let me share with you some areas in which God demands and expects us to be faithful. First, we ought to be faithful in our work. Ecclesiastics 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. That means you show up on time. You don't leave early. You give an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. You don't watch the clock. You do your absolute best. Anything less is unfaithful. Second, we ought to be faithful to our wealth. Jesus said in Luke 16, 11, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? In other words, Jesus said, if you cannot be trusted with earthly riches, you cannot be trusted 
with eternal riches. Third, we are to be faithful in our worship. Hebrews 10.25 says, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. By the way, that day is the return of Jesus. But may I just say at this point that the one thing every pastor wants out of a church member more than anything else is just old-fashioned faithfulness. You know, also COVID-19 has affected our coming together. Please do all that is necessary to be safe and reasonable, but don't let staying away develop a life habit for you. Now let me ask all of you a question. Do you apply the same standards of faithfulness to your Christian activities that you expect from other areas of your life? For example, if your car starts every third time, is it reliable? Do you keep it or fix it? If your newspaper is not delivered every Monday and Thursday, is your uh, paper carrier trustworthy? Do you keep him? If you don't go to work once or twice a month, are you a loyal employee? Should you get fired? If your refrigerator stops working for a day or two now and then, do you say, oh well, it works most of the time? If your water heater provides an icy cold shower now and then, is it dependable? Do you replace these? If you miss a couple of loan payments every year, does the bank say 10 out of 12 isn't bad? If you fail to worship God one or two Sundays a month, would you expect to be called a faithful Christian? May I tell you that anything less is unfaithful. Number four, we ought to be faithful to our word. Proverbs 12.22 says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. It is still true that you are no better than your word. I still believe that the weakest handshake should be better than the strongest ink on any contract. Have you ever thought about the fact that your word is the only thing not worth giving unless you keep it? And to do otherwise is to be unfaithful. And fifth, finally we have to be faithful to our witness. In Revelation 1.5, Jesus Christ is called the faithful witness. We ought to be faithful in sharing Jesus with those who are lost, and not to do so is to be unfaithful. And I'm going to remind you now, in all of these areas and more, God is going to require accountability. Third, truth. Consider that faithfulness tells us how God rewards dependability. Our text, verses 20 to 23, states, So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, 
You delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Do you see here how even though one person was given more talents than the other and probably more abilities, they each received an equal reward The Lord Jesus is not looking for equal success. He's looking for total faithfulness. Now get this down. Rewards are not going to be given according to ability, nor even according to responsibility, but according to dependability. 1 Corinthians 3.8 says, Each one will receive his reward according to his labor. You are not accountable for being the best, but you are accountable for doing your best. If you can't be a highway, be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a moon or an asteroid. It isn't by size that you win or you fail, but be the best of whatever you are. You see, faithfulness is not a matter of temporal success, ecclesiastical recognition, or popular acclaim. It is simply a matter of doing your best with the talents, abilities, and opportunities that God has given you. Did you know that real faithfulness is seen not in big things? It is seen in small things. Do you notice that in verses 21 and 23, the master says to both of these servants, you were faithful over a few things. What's wrong with many people is they think they are too good for small things. They want to get on to the big things. Longfellow once said, most people will succeed in small things, but they are troubled with great ambition. I heard about a man who was talking to a big, tall, strapping giant of a fellow. And he said, if I were as big and tall and as strong as you, I would go on into the woods, find the biggest bear I could find, and wrestle him down to the ground. And the big man just looked at him and said, there are plenty of smaller bears in the woods. And some people say, if I just had a million dollars, all the things that I would do for God... Fact of the matter is, the same thing you would do with a million dollars is what you're doing with the hundred you have. And Jesus said in Luke 16, 10, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. You know, big things are made up of small things. We just entered into a new millennium. What is a millennium? A millennium is made up of centuries. 
Centuries are made up of decades. Decades are made up of years. Years are made up of months. Months are made up of days. Days are made up of hours. Hours are made up of minutes. Minutes are made up of seconds. And seconds are made up of moments. It's the little things that make up the big things. Last week, September 2nd, Kathy and I celebrated our 53rd wedding anniversary. And I was talking to her the other day, and I asked her if she married me for my looks. And she said, no, I didn't marry you for your looks. I married you for your brains. It's the little things that count. (laughs) You may not think it's very important to be faithful in little things. And you may not think it's, you may think that it's not important if you are not faithful in little things. But notice what happened to the unfaithful servant. Our text, verses 24 to 30, states Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Therefore, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even that will be taken from him. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now here's another lesson to learn about using your talents for the Lord and being faithful. And that is you either lose it or lose it. Most of you know that atrophy overtakes organs in the body that are not being used. In a mammoth cave in Kentucky, the fish in Echo River have eye sockets, but they have no eyes. And the reason is that living in continual darkness has caused their eyes to disappear because they are not able to function. And so what is true of their eyes is also true of the gifts and abilities that God has given to you. If you do not use your gifts here on earth, you will not be given the opportunity to use them in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but if there's one thing that I care about, and it is to come to the end of my life and have the Lord Jesus tell me, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, I heard about a man who was eating at a restaurant, and he was disappointed when they brought his steak because it was rare. And he said to the waiter, come over here. The waiter came over and the man said, didn't you hear me say, well done? And the waiter said, oh yes, thank you so very much. I hardly get a compliment around here. (laughs) Well, I tell you, there is no higher compliment or greater reward than simply hearing Jesus say, well done. You know, we're living in a day when people are trying to get all kinds of academic degrees. There's the PhD, the JD, the MD, 
the LTD, but I think we ought to be looking for the WD. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know, more than 200 years ago, when the United States Marine Corps was being formed, much time was devoted to considering an appropriate motto. They finally chose the Latin phrase, Semper Fidelis. Those ex-Marines out there know what I'm talking about. Semper Fidelis is engraved in the mind of every United States Marine. What does it mean? It means always faithful. Now, these are two very powerful words, but the most important of the two is the first because it explains how a Marine is to be faithful. A Marine is not to be faithful only when it's convenient, only when he feels like it, only when it will make him happy. Semper Fidelis means always faithful regardless of the cost. A fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. The greatest ability is dependability, and it is to that faithful servant that Jesus will say, well done. Remember, as we close, faithfulness is simply taking every opportunity to use every gift and ability for the honor and glory of God. Well, service is over. You know, these sermons are given to us, Bob and myself, for your use and edification. Listening to a sermon without application is a waste of time, and God sees no glory in that. So go out and glorify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, for this is our true God. And we do this by taking his words that he caused to be delivered by his servants to others for the good of all. And that good is God's ultimate pleasure, honor, and glory. Amen.